0: Welcome to The Bridge, fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love The Bridge. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, we have a very special guest today on The Bridge. Alessia Donzello, if I'm saying that correct, is a YouTuber. You can find her on YouTube at Alessia Donzello. She is a polyglot. We're going to talk to her about what it's like to live in China and I guess a lot of other countries too, traveling around and get some tips and tricks for learning languages from someone who's an expert at it. Uh, welcome to The Bridge. How are you doing today, Alessia?
1: Thank you. I'm, go- I'm doing good. And yes, I mean... I don't define myself to be a polyglot because I can speak four languages. Maybe a polyglot is like someone who speaks five or more languages,
0: but yes. (laughs) Well, for those of us who only speak one or two, when you say you can speak four, that sounds unimaginable to me. It's like some character in a James Bond movie or something. Let's just get a little bit of background on you. You're originally from Italy, is that right? Yes,
1: I'm from Italy. And when I was 17 years old, I went to China because I won a scholarship. And then (laughs) it started all from there. I I started, you know, studying Chinese. Now I can speak Chinese fluently. And also I studied Spanish. Of course, Italian is my native language and English is my second language.
0: Wow. Uh, So English is your second language. You grew up in Italy learning English alongside Italian. Is that right?
1: yes but like for example if you take my classmates they cannot speak english because they haven't actually practiced it so after i finished high school i started practicing my english more and more um and so i can speak it but it's not like if you're italian then you can automatically speak english because you studied at school no
0: it doesn't work like that well you know from an american perspective growing up in california most californians are not bilingual at all and uh some speak spanish because spanish is a more common language because we're close to latin america but a lot of us look to europe and assume that most europeans are bilingual is that right Or am I wrong?
1: It depends on where you live. If you live in the north of Italy, which is not my case because I live in the south of Italy, I live in Sicily. Uh, If you live in the north of Italy, then maybe you can speak also German. Mm. Uh, But it's not like for everyone. It depends. Like if you live in the borders, then maybe... Yes. (laughs) Yes.
0: <laughs> so English and Italian, you know, they have a uh, common ancestry with Latin and, and other, other uh, language groups, but Chinese is completely different. Did you notice that when you were learning Chinese, that it was significantly harder than learning other European languages? It's impossible not to notice that, you know. <laughs> yeah,
1: Chinese <laughs> is crazy hard. Um, so like you need like a lot of motivation and a lot of passion to actually learn it. If you don't have this too, I think, you know it's impossible to learn it uh, because they are crazy different like the, the grammar structure is different mm-hmm. uh, the thing that in italian you have an alphabet in chinese you don't have an alphabet you have pinyin. in you have the characters
0: um you mentioned coming to china at 17 on a scholarship was that to study chinese is that what your major was
1: no basically when I was in high school, I was studying um, music, so I was playing piano. But at the same time, I would study philosophy, I would study literature, math, science, like like every any other kid, you know. Um, but then, like, I heard about an organization, which is called AFS who, you know, organize this kind of programs, like you can go abroad, you can first, you know, you win the scholarship and then you go abroad and and then you study there for one year. Mm -hmm. And when you come back, you can actually graduate from high school. Well, I had to do first the last year of high school and then I graduated from high school. So um, in Italy, High school is five years in total. Mm. I went on the fourth year and the fifth year I finished it in Italy. And then, yeah, <laughs> and then I
0: graduated. Let me understand. You only spent one year in China. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Ten months. To- okay.
0: Wow. So um, which city did you li- in which city did you live?
1: I lived in the north of China, um, in Zambus, which is a city that is, like, pretty much close to the Russian borders. Wow. So you can actually see Russia, you know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you speak any uh, Russian? No, 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 (laughs) no.
1: It's not like that. (laughs) It's not like in there, there aren't Russian people, you know? Like, if you go there, people will be like, oh, my God, a foreigner because they have never seen foreigners. So, no, no. <laughs> I cannot speak Russian. <laughs>
0: well, could you tell us about your experience in China? What did you think about life in China, living in China? What was your 10-month experience like? What kind of things... Uh, well, well, I'll ask a, a, a few other more specific questions later. How, what was your general impesh- impression of living in China?
1: Okay, when I went back to Italy, I was like, okay, I don't think I'll go back there, you know? Mm. I was like... <laughs> After 10 months, I was so shocked. I was so uh, tired because I've been studying Chinese like every single day from Mm. 8 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. like Chinese people, you know. So I was actually like so tired that I was like, okay, no, I. it's not like I want to have to deal with, you know, these people again. And I was like that.
0: For students who are considering this super compressed program where you study all day, you you sound like it was not pleasant. Is it something that you would recommend or something you would tell people to avoid doing?
1: Okay. Actually, uh, this program, it doesn't like, you know, you go to that country because AFS uh, can send you to 46 different countries, if I'm not wrong. Uh But it's not like you're going to study the language. The program is designed to go there and, you know, to experience the culture. It's not for learning the language. But the thing is that when Mm -hmm. I got there, the school was like, okay, because, you know, in China, the schools are like, we want to become the best school in China. So they were like, okay, you are going to study Chinese and you are going to do it in a in an effective way because we want you to reach HSK 5 in uh, the shortest amount of time possible like for example i reached HSK 5 in 8 months and you know we were like the best school in china for that because other schools were like okay we don't care about our other you know, our international students or they were maybe teaching them, but they could just reach HSK 4 or HSK 3. So it was it's not about the program, you know, it's about the school where I went that they were um, pretty much they were stressing this to us. They were like, OK, you need to study Chinese and you need to do it well because we and, you know, there were people coming interviewing us. They were like, okay, you speak Chinese, let us Mm. hear how you speak Chinese. And we were like, uh, always saying this thing, okay, I'm from Italy, I came here, I like here, I like China. Yeah.
0: Can I ask you, is this the the textbook you used? (laughs) No, you used a different textbook. I'm just checking. (laughs) This is the textbook that I, I have not aspired to that yet. I'm still in the HSK-4. I'll move on to that someday. I'm not sure when. Well, that's really interesting. So this a very high pressure environment in that particular school where they wanted you to learn Chinese. You felt that that pressure made your experience less than pleasant. Is that, is that what I'm understanding? Yes.
1: Yes. It was like uh, we could only study and we couldn't, you know, go outside and enjoy. Because, you know, the other students that came with that organization, they were actually having fun. They were doing nothing. Now, it's not like I wanted to do nothing, but at the same time, I wanted to rest a little bit, you know. When it's too much, it's too much. Mm -hmm. For example, on Sunday, we would have to go to class From 6 p.m. to 9 30 p.m. On Saturday, we also had classes. You know, we we didn't have enough time to rest. And so I was like, oh my God. But then, you know, after some months spent in Italy after China, I gradually, I don't know, maybe I recovered. (laughs) I don't know. And I started again dreaming about China and saying, like, okay, I want to go there and study in university.
0: Mm -hmm. Did you? I did. I did actually. I did my bachelor's so you came. You returned to China for to study at university. Uh, what city did you return to? This, you, obviously, somewhere else. Yeah, Shanghai. Shanghai. Is it all right? Uh, what university in Shanghai did you attend? Shanghai International Studies University. And was this a more pleasant experience? Yeah, of course.
1: You know, when you are in university, uh, you do everything by yourself. It's not like there's someone pushing you. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you talk to Chinese students, they would also say that in high school they feel pressured, while in Mm -hmm. university they are much more
0: free. Clearly, that one year in northern China seemed uh, overly intense and maybe was uh, mentally stressful. But did it prepare you to speak? Chinese more fluently while you were in university in Shanghai? Of
1: course, of course, because, you know, <laughs> if you want to study to a, in, in a Chinese university, then you need to mm. have HSK-5. You cannot enter, mm. you know, if you don't have HSK-5. Yeah. So it gave me all I needed to enter university. And of course, when I entered university, I decided to study my major, which is uh, political science, mm. completely in Chinese. Wow. So I was, English.
0: <laughs> wow. You know, I've heard a lot of people come to China to study Chinese, but coming to Chinese university to study in their major in Chinese, that's a whole nother level. That's quite impressive. So um, could you tell us about your life in China in Shanghai and during university and how was that? What Did, did you enjoy living in Shanghai? Yeah.
1: Shanghai is like my favorite city in the world. Uh, I've traveled a lot in mm, Europe, wow. but it's not the same. You know, I am a big city girl. I like big cities. Um, with this fast-paced, you know, (laughs) rhythm of life. And yeah, Mm -hmm. uh, Shanghai is beautiful and it's also convenient in the sense that transportation is good. Uh, If you want to eat Italian food, you can Mm -hmm. find Italian food, even though, you know, Maybe like once I eat Italian food once in six months when I'm in China, it's not like I eat Italian Mm. food every single day. (laughs) But if I want to find a Mexican restaurant or whatever, you know, you can find everything, Mm. you know, the food, like if you want it to be delivered. Uh, to your house, it's pretty much convenient. I, I think everything is convenient in Shanghai. Yeah,
0: yeah. I find that the. Exp- I'm in Beijing. I, I have not lived in Shanghai. I've been there like 10 times. Uh, you know, the last time I was in Shanghai, I was staying in a hotel. And I remember ordering my favorite American fast food every day to the hotel because we don't have that as much in Beijing. Anyways, yeah, Shanghai is very, very nice. Can you tell us a little bit about some of your life in Shanghai specifically? Besides going to classes, what kind of things did you walk in the park or going out with the girls at night? What kind of lifestyle did you have? Well, I
1: don't enjoy going to clubs. Um, so what I did uh, was, you know, to have, I had like a lot of Chinese friends. So, you know, many Chinese, Mm -hmm. they don't also enjoy going uh, to nightclubs or whatever. Uh, so yeah, what Mm -hmm. we did was, you know, eating together or going to some, you know, places. I don't know, you know, there are so many activities to do in Shanghai. Uh, so yes. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, at the beginning, I didn't have much time for going outside because I was studying a lot, but in the last year, I actually had a lot of fun
0: mm-hmm.
1: because, you know, I was, uh, writing my two thesis because I decided to do a double degree. Wow. That's the second degree is in journalism. Wow. And, uh, and then I also had an internship. I was doing an internship, a six month internship. Uh, then I got the job for like wow. after graduation. Yeah, but I decided to do not accept it. Oh, well, what was it in? Um, was that journalism? No, it was in marketing.
0: <laughs> wow! So you did a six month internship in Shanghai in marketing. That's and in Chinese. Yeah,
1: of course, yeah, of course.
0: Wow, it that's amazing.
1: A, it was a Chinese company, uh, but it was a multinational company. So they were developing themselves mm. in uh, Europe. So that's the reason why they needed me because they needed someone who Mm -hmm. could understand the culture and understand what the clients. Needed here in Europe. Plus,
0: I mean, your exposure to multiple languages gives you insights into other cultures. When you're learning a language, typically, you need to learn the culture along with the language in order to understand the context and why the language is expressed in that way. Plus, the books, all language books, are just packed full of cultural stuff, just because they assume you're going to go to those places someday. You know, one thing I noticed about your YouTube channel, I've been on there quite a few times, is that you talk a lot about a lot of language. Languages, which you say, because we talked on WeChat a little bit, you don't speak those languages fluently. You're just kind of dabbling in them from what I can tell. So um, I was kind of surprised in this interview that you say that you studied international relations because I assumed you were like some kind of uh, language major. But... Uh, I've seen videos that you have about Arabic. Obviously, you are fluent in Italian, but you also talk about Japanese and other languages. I want to play with Arabic, right? How far in do you go? Like, how many hours are you committing to that? Is it just for fun? Or is this something, maybe someday I have a vision, I'm going to know Arabic.
1: Okay. Um, Every language has its story. So, for example, for Japanese, I actually have studied Japanese for three semesters in university. Wow! And I got at a basic slash intermediate level um but then i was like why am i studying this language because like at the beginning i was like okay i'm going to study japanese because it's similar to chinese in certain ways so i was like Mm. it might be interesting you know but then i i don't know i didn't feel the spark Mm. you know (laughs) it wasn't like for example with chinese i'm like completely in love. That's my language. Mm. It that's my favorite language. Wow. More than English, more than Spanish. Uh, but like for for Japanese, it didn't happen. It didn't happen, and so it was like okay. Then then I I asked myself a second question. Like, do I want to go and work in Japan mm. in the future? Do I see myself traveling to Japan? Do I see myself Japan? And what I actually found out is that the answer is no. I'm, I don't see myself working in Japan. Maybe traveling, yes, but working, no. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. what am I going to do? Like, if I'm not mm-hmm. going to live there, then how will I use the language? So I was like, okay, you know, let's not do it. Because it's also mm-hmm. difficult. It's not like an easy language that, like specs, for example. Mm-hmm. Since I'm Italian, it's mm-hmm. like easy to for me to learn uh, Spanish. But Japanese is different, like Mm -hmm. if I don't go there, then I get no chance. To practice
0: it right. and to use it. In Italy, or I guess you're living, you said, you mentioned you're living in Budapest right now. So in these European languages, do you find that a lot of uh, other Europeans who can't who speak Spanish, who speak uh, Italian, who speak English, who you can practice with? And also, do you find a lot of people who speak Chinese in Europe?
1: Okay, so right now I'm working for Huawei. So I'm working for a Chinese company. Oh, wow. And so- I speak Chinese every single day. My boyfriend is Chinese. Mm. So, and you know, we were classmates Mm. in Shanghai. Uh, then we graduated in June 2023. We graduated and then I wanted to stay here in China, like there in China. I wanted to keep working there, Mm. but then I was a little bit worried about the visa. So I was like, okay, you know, whatever. Just I I will just go to Europe and I will find a Chinese company. And then uh he he came here for his master's degree so he's studying here uh but in germany mm. yeah so like here there are so many chinese people mm-hmm. like for chinese it's not a problem because you find chinese people everywhere
0: wow.
1: that... for spanish yeah for spanish it's a little bit different of course you cannot find uh, like spanish people everywhere but spanish is like uh pretty much like it's easier to maintain mm. as a language mm. Because it's easier to study. So if you, if today I want to review uh, Spanish, it will be like, okay, yes, I know this, mm. and it will be like before, you right. know. But for Japanese, I think it's it's different. Yeah. <laughs> for Arabic, it's um, Arabic. I have never studied Arabic actually, but. I want to study it one day. So I'm, you know, I'm really fond of mm. the language and I want to study it. So I am continuously looking for, you know, <laughs> uh, things about, uh, the Arabic culture. I'm continuously listening to some songs. Mm. And so I, I did this, you know, video where I talked about Arabic. Mm. Yeah but it's not like
0: i have batted it. I'm speaking from personal experience here. Learning languages for some of us is really hard. And so when we meet people like you who speak so many languages, it i guess the first thing that comes to our mind is how do you do it? You know, like what do you do differently that makes you so successful at learning languages from the rest of us? What do you, what do you think some of the techniques that you use that are most effective that you could share with us today?
1: Okay, i think that The most important thing is not to use, always use a textbook. For example, for learning Spanish, I used a textbook for one month. I gave myself one Mm. month for studying like the basic grammar. And after this month ended, I was like, okay, I closed that book and I started trying to listen to some Spanish, to speak some Spanish. So like my, my trick is to speak from day one, you don't have to wait six months to start speaking the language, otherwise you will never speak it. Mm. Even though like, you know, at the beginning you cannot, you know, say, you know, complex things, but you know, you can just use the things that you already know to construct a sentence, to put words together. And then if you speak from day one, you will see that after, I don't know, three months, four months, six months, you can actually speak the language at a conversational level. Oh,
0: yeah you're listening to the bridge. Let me ask specifically about Chinese characters then, because it's very different from any kind of Western script that we have. And if you are working for Huawei and you had this internship and you did your bachelor's degree in Chinese, certainly you must know many thousands of characters. This can be really challenging for some of us. Again, me. Uh, so how did you memorize so many symbols?
1: Okay, so basically uh, these characters are made of radicals, no? So if you know the radicals, then, mm. you know, it becomes easier for you. Like, even though you, like, you you see a character that you have never seen, but because you know the radicals, then you're like, okay, maybe it might be like, like the, the meaning might be this. And also, like, when you're reading a book... Mm you go for context. Like, for example, there is a sentence. It's not like you're going to just Mm. see one character. You're going to read like 20 characters. And from that, you can deduct that the meaning Mm -hmm. is, you know. (laughs) like You can deduct. It
0: feels like I think your brain just works better about this because when you say, oh, you're going to read 20 characters, I'm like... Oh, my gosh. That's like looking at 20 Monets and Rembrandts and trying to figure out how do they fit together and like some sort of it's just it sounds really challenging. So um, what about, you know, there are other Chinese languages as well. And obviously your Chinese, your Mandarin, uh, Putonghua, right? It must be very, very good. But uh, what about Hakka or Cantonese? Did you dabble in those at all? Or when you when you listen to Cantonese, does it sound similar at all to you to uh, Mandarin?
1: Okay, Maybe some words. Uh, can sound similar but I have never studied mm. Cantonese and not in you know other just just Mandarin I've just studied Mandarin mm. I have never studied Cantonese but of course I have heard people speaking Cantonese that's normal and uh, because you know in, when you go to university uh, Chinese people are coming from all over China like from every places they are going to Shanghai to study there so my classmates were actually from so many different places and they, they had like different accents. They had uh, also my professors, you know, so sometimes it's still challenging to to listen to someone who speaks random dialects or, yeah, but, you know, it's normal.
0: I'm assuming you watch um, Mandarin movies, movies and TV shows or music, radio show, something, entertainment. Is that really easy for you? Uh,
1: yeah, of course, it's easy. <laughs> I've been watching TV series because I like watching more TV series than movies since I don't know maybe mm. four years mm-hmm. in the last four years I have watched like a lot mm. honestly like in the last period I haven't watched any <laughs> because of course I have so many things to do so it's not like I can always be there right. I like watching them and it's easy because you know it's conversational level Chinese. It's not like, yeah, it's not difficult to listen well, to Well, can
0: that. we talk a little bit about culture? Because obviously you came to China, you lived in a city close to the Russian border, uh, and then later you moved to Shanghai. Were there some things in either example, when you moved to the small town or you when you moved to uh, Shanghai, where you were like, wow, the way that people are behaving is so very different from the way people behave back home. So those kind of culture shock moments and or, or just like surprise it doesn't have to necessarily be negative what kind of things did you notice were different that took you by surprise
1: okay so if now you ask me this question i'm like i need to think a little bit about it but if you would have passed me <laughs> six years ago i would be like oh my god they do this 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 and this because like six years ago i was so you know it was shocking but for now it became kind of normal what they do mm-hmm. so it's like yeah um mm-hmm. so now i need to think about it maybe it's the thing that they don't always say thank you like sometimes if you don't know each other then mm. they will be like xie, 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 xie. but if
0: <laughs>
1: if you like mm. your friends then they will say thank you always mm. you know and i noticed this a mm. lot when i was in johnson not when i was in shanghai Um, maybe because, you know, I'm Italian and so we Mm -hmm. are educated to be extremely polite to say thanks for everything. And I remember because, you know, when I was in Jamus, when I was in the north of China, I like in the weekends, I would go to a host family. Mm. So I was actually, Living with Chinese people on Saturday and Sunday. And I had different host families. And I remember that I had this brother telling me, like, oh, you, you shouldn't say thank you to me. And I was like, no, but I want to thank you. And he was like, no, but if you <laughs> say thank you to me, then it's like we are strangers and we're not strangers. Oh. But at the same time, like he was getting upset about this because I was like, okay, thank you for this. Thank you for that. <laughs> Saying thank you, whatever thing you would give to me. Wow. And he would be like, <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, what about reverse culture shock? So obviously, you moved from China back to Europe. I, you're living in Budapest. So I'm not sure did, if you went back to Italy for a few months first. But when you returned to Europe, did anything that you, when you were a little girl, you thought, oh, this is normal? But after you lived in China and came back, you're like, Why do we do it that way? Did anything surprise you about going back home? The
1: people. Yes, the people, because they are always helping you. Like, they are always worrying for (laughs) you. Maybe because we're foreigners, you know? So it's like, okay, someone from far away is coming here and I need to welcome this person. I need to give
0: them. So the people in Budapest... Are like, oh, we need you're from Italy We need to take care of you all the time
1: No, 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 like, of course this doesn't happen But I'm more talking about Italians, okay Because I've been living in Budapest uh, Just, you know, for three months so It's not like I really know The Hungarian culture I'm more I talking see. about Italians Because we Italians can be mm. Pretty much selfish sometimes
0: um, I'm so confused They take care of you really well And they're selfish, I'm so confused Can you make that up? Who
1: take care of Oh. the chinese people
0: i'm not oh okay okay yeah Oh, okay. so
1: i think that back back home we should be more like the chinese people well, I, I, I think we should study.
0: okay sure sure i didn't mean to say anything negative about anyone i think yeah i, I don't know coming from america and in china i honestly find a, there's a lot of similarities you know in my opinion i think you're right i think in china people are very kind in America, people are more reserved. Like if you, I'm walking on the street, for example, most Americans in a big city, they will try to even avoid eye contact. Maybe they're afraid of confrontation or offending someone so they don't actually say hello. Whereas in China, like old ladies will just be like, ni hao to the foreigner, right? Because they're like, it's someone different. Or like kids, maybe you noticed in Shanghai will oftentimes point at foreigners and be like mama la why (laughs) or whatever you know i don't know that was my that's been my experience i don't mind it at all i think it's kind of fun and cute i actually enjoy standing out and so that's it works out really well here you it seems like your advice for learning languages is like oh you know you just read it in context but can i ask you flashcards, or anything like that, lessons, one-on-one lessons, or for us mere mortals, what can we do to advance our game? So I guess your first tip, let me reiterate back to you, is to start speaking as soon as possible. But are there other tools in your toolkit that you use as well?
1: Okay, so for flashcards, sometimes, like in the past, I've used flashcards but I don't think they're working for me Mm. because like after I don't know how to use that word you know so like it's a word Mm. you study, it you have it in your brain but then it's like okay but yeah how do I use it so what I do is actually to write a lot like since the beginning you know yeah like I studied one word then I just Uh, put it in a sentence and I try to Mm. make many sentences with that word just to understand how do Mm. you put it how do you use it yeah. And of course, I, I also use a lot of podcasts. Like, for example, Duolingo has a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That it's like half in English, half in Spanish. No. So it's actually for beginners. It's not like a podcast where, you know, someone is speaking with complex words. No. Mm. It's actually pretty much easy to understand. The narrator mm. uh, says like some stuff in English. It's like they, they, You just tell a story and then half is in English, half is in Spanish and then again, again, in Spanish. And I think like this is okay.
0: You know, that kind of reminds me of the Pimsleur course where you listen and repeat and listen and repeat and listen and repeat. Um, okay. So Shanghai specifically has an unusually large amount of foreigners for a Chinese city It has the most, I would say the most international let's put it that way city in China. So certainly there are a lot of foreigners uh, from various countries all over the world, living in Shanghai who don't speak Putonghua Mandarin very well. So um, when you're there, and you speak Chinese fluently how would you say your experience as a Chinese a fluent Chinese speaker was different from some of the other expats who only spoke their the language of their home country
1: I think it was pretty much different because like through the culture uh, through the language you can actually understand the culture so for example I have tons of Chinese friends and of course I have also some foreign mm. friends in Shanghai but I still prefer staying with the Chinese and these gives me like Mm. uh, another perspective of, you know, seeing China. And also like, if you can speak Chinese, you have more opportunity when, you know, it comes to work, for example. Mm. And also, for example, if I'm in Europe and, you know, I just graduated, it's not like I have 10 years experience in marketing, 10 years experience in that. No. So I have no experience. I'm in Europe Mm. and I'm looking for a job. And so many people are also looking for a job. But since I can speak Chinese, you know, this is something that, distinguish me from them like this is something to stand out no mm-hmm. uh, so this is like and you know like so many Chinese companies are here in, in Europe for example like uh, Xiaomi or like um, Huawei or Jingdong like there are so many Chinese companies so I think like people that can actually speak Chinese they have more opportunities to to integrate also you know mm. to integrate in China because like Chinese people, they can speak English, but it's not like they can speak it fluently. And maybe after, hello, how are you? They will just, cut kind off the conversation because they don't know how to go to the next topic and maybe they are shy to speak English because they cannot speak it well. So mm-hmm. I think this creates like barriers, mm-hmm. you know, a barrier between you and them mm-hmm. if you cannot speak Chinese.
0: Well, I think that's great advice. So for foreigners who are considering coming to China, learning Chinese is going to help them advance their career faster is what essentially one of the pieces of advice that you're giving. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to ask, because you, seem, you said Shanghai is your favorite city in the world which is you know amazing what about foreigners who are considering moving to china what would be your advice to them
1: well i don't know this depends also on the reason why they're moving to china if they want to study chinese then just go for it but just be prepared it's hard (laughs) i think you already know that and um if Mm. you're you know Mm. going there for work it's amazing because you know China has good salaries for foreigners and it's also crazy mm. easy to mm. to find a job in China for us because Chinese people are just, you know, looking for foreigners and yeah. Mm. So my advice would be to be open to, mm-hmm. you know, to, to learn the language, of course, mm-hmm. and also to be careful because yeah. sometimes maybe this is a problem for Italians, you know, because we can be... Pretty much loud, we we are <laughs> laughing and shouting things. And in China, it's not like that; it doesn't work like that. I notice, you know, right now I'm working in Huawei, and so there are Hungarian people and Chinese people in the same office. But they don't just get along, you know. It's like there is a barrier between them; they don't understand each other, and they're like, oh my god, they are too loud. Because a Hungarian people, I found out that they are loud, and Chinese people are pretty much more, you know, they are always working Mm. while hungarian people sometimes they just laugh and you know do make some jokes and yeah so this is different and so they even though they've been working together for five years they just there is just you know this thing that you can actually feel Mm. so if you're trying to understand the culture it is better for you to yeah to,
0: to get used to them. I have another question. So you work for a Chinese company in Europe and your boyfriend is Chinese. Does that mean that you're kind of someday move back to China? Is that something you see yourself doing? And if so, would you like to stay here long? How long would you like to stay in China?
1: Well, the thing is that I love China, but for some things, like for example, if you work in China, you might only have five days of annual leave. And this makes me a little bit, oh my God, how do I go back home? No, for example, (laughs) (laughs) because, you know, for going to Italy, it's not like, oh, like from Hungary to Italy that you go for four days and, and that's all. No, you can also go for two days in Italy and then come back. No, for China, it's different. Mm. Like you need like at least 10 days. So for me, it's a little bit Mm -hmm. hard this aspect that mm-hmm. you don't have work-life balance because you have to work a lot you have mm. to work overtime. but of course yes i think i will be moving there because not only because i have a boyfriend a chinese boyfriend but also because i i love china so at a certain point mm. first i will go back maybe in two years who knows
0: so let's say theoretically would one of you the pieces of advice for you to giving a chinese company who want to encourage more europeans to come uh, that they should give more vacation time and that would incentivize more foreigners to come and live in China?
1: I think it's like that, you know? Yeah. Like, for example, if you work as a English teacher, mm-hmm. maybe it's okay because you have the same amount of vacation as the kids. Mm-hmm. Now you have the Chinese New Year, you have so many vacations. But if you only have five days, like for example, in the offer that I was telling you before that I had from the previous company that I was working, I, I had just five days and that's like not hmm. really doable
0: for me. <laughs> yeah, let's do a comparison because in America, if you work for a big company, they, they can give you better vacation packages, but technically there are no, they're only national holidays. Like there's only a few of them, like Christmas and uh Thanksgiving maybe, or Halloween. I'm not even sure. I think, we don't get halloween off fourth of july and maybe like president's day or something like that so there are only a few holidays spread out across in america for everyone in europe you guys typically from country to country get several weeks off is that right
1: yes like for example right now i have 20 days which is not like a lot a lot but it's already okay Mm. for me it works but for example, maybe if you go to Finland or if you go to other country, it might be 40 days, you know, <laughs> like 40 days. Yeah, wow. <laughs> but that also depends on your experience. Maybe if you are, I you not know, 40 years old, if you have two kids, then because, you know, if you have kids, it's more if you are experienced, then it's, you know, the amount of uh, well, days it's
0: more. Yeah, I certainly would like a lot more days. days off of two. <laughs> That's something that would incentivize me. You're listening to The Bridge. Can we talk about coffee? Because I'm I'm guessing, you know, I have some Italian friends and they are, they talk about Italian coffee like the rest of us don't know what coffee is. So when you're living in Shanghai, are you able to find coffee that meets your standards?
1: Okay. First of all, I want to say that when I'm in Italy, I never drink coffee. Oh. And my mom is like every morning, like, okay, but why don't you just, you know, drink it with me? And I'm like, no, no, it's, I don't like coffee, you know, mm. I don't like Italian coffee maybe now like a lot of people in the comments will be like <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about but i must say that when i went to china like when i was staying in china i would often drink uh Lakin coffee, coffee mm, yeah, oh. yeah yeah because it, it's pretty much sweet and so yeah <laughs> I love it. Can
0: you teach us, our listeners, a little bit about Shanghai? And as far as I know, as a non-Shanghai person who've been there only a few times, the only place I can ever think of is the Bund. So what are like the top five or six cool neighborhoods in Shanghai that people should know about who are planning on taking a trip there?
1: Well, it's, you know, I have visited Shanghai as a tourist six years ago. So it's not like I was living like that, you know, going to uh, these touristy places in the Mm, last mm. few years. So it's not like I can recommend you a lot, but there is you garden, Mm -hmm. which is like a garden with, um, you know, ancient temples. Then there is a big temple that now I I don't even remember the name because I, I don't go there often, you know?
0: Yeah. Sure.
1: So yeah, maybe I'm not the... So you
0: garden. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, that gives me one more place to go the next time I go to Shanghai because my boss keeps saying, oh, there's a trip to Shanghai. There's a trip to Shanghai. You should go to Shanghai. We have another business trip to Shanghai. And I'm usually like, ah. You know, I've had enough Shanghai, but I end up going every year or two anyway because it's just one of those places that lots of stuff happens. Because what is the population? It's close to thirty million people. It's one of those. I think it's in the top two or three cities in terms of population in the world, and so uh, and it's very sophisticated, very metropolitan, very international, and so lots and lots of huge conferences happen there that are worth covering and learning about and and seeing in terms of. The languages, the other languages that you uh, speak. I want, to, I want to ask you about your travel. You study Japanese. You know Spanish. What other countries have you traveled to? To what countries have you visited, even if it's just for a few days as a tourist?
1: Okay, so basically, I have visited. Um, I have visited Dubai. So I will go for cities, okay, not countries.
0: Mm, um, sure, sure. So
1: Dubai, um, then. Yeah, China. And then, of course, in China, I have visited so many cities, like maybe 13, like Hangzhou, Suzhou, wow. Shanghai, Harbin, uh Vietnam, wow, Xi'an, Beijing. Uh, so I have visited like quite a lot of places in China. Then in Europe, I have visited three cities in Germany. So I have been to Munich. I have been to Nuremberg. Um, Cologne. Then I have been to Prague in the Czech Republic. Uh, Of course I have visited many places in Italy like Florence, uh, Pisa, Milan, Rome and then I went to London, uh, Bratislava in uh, Slovakia and then let me think. Okay, of course, Budapest. <laughs> so you didn't go to Japan at all? No, no, no. That's why. That's what I was saying. Like, I want to go to Japan for travel. Mm. But like, for living there, it's like, okay, no, maybe I, I'm not going to live there like never in my life because, you know, I'm like, when I was 17, I was so open to go and live abroad. I was like, mm. wow, that's so exciting. Now I'm 23. And things have changed a little bit. I want to be more close to my family. Mm. Um, so yes, if I have to live like far away from them, mm. then it's because it's worth it. Mm. And that's you know for China or maybe Dubai that is like closer. So I, I would like to to work in Dubai actually. Wow! Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I, I think it's my second uh, most favorite you know city in the world, Dubai. And then, yeah, so it's not like I'm considering Japan because it's, like, far away Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm.
0: yeah. It's interesting because you mentioned Dubai and Shanghai are two of your favorite cities in the world. And these are two of the most technologically advanced, futuristic kinds of cities that are on the planet. So you really like living in the cutting edge of metropolitanism, like really advanced cities, it sounds like.
1: Yes. (laughs) Where, you know, everything is competitive. Many Mm. people are. but, But, you know, even though dubai is competitive because like if you go to linkedin like you will find like maybe for every single post job post you will find like a hundred applicants 1000 applicants wow. like in just a few hours it's like mm. so competitive it's so difficult to actually find a job in dubai so i think it's better to go there first mm. and then look for a job wow if you go on linkedin then you just ask you like, are you in Dubai? And you're like, no, I'm not. And they will be like, okay, no, we need someone that is already in Dubai. (laughs) It's like,
0: we're going to interview people tomorrow. (laughs) You know, you mentioned traveling around a lot of cities in China, which is going to be one of my questions. So you went to Harbin. Did you go during the winter?
1: Because I I went to Harbin to take a flight, flying like in the south of China. So I was just there for, you know, maybe two days. And I, I went, you know, around a little bit. I saw the city, but yeah, no, I haven't been in winter. It was during summer.
0: Well, you know, one of the interesting things that Chinese people like, I went, I was just in Harbin with a coworker who is uh, also a journalist. And we were in Harbin and I, I kind of gave her carte blanche. She can bring us wherever she wanted to go. One of the, a couple of the places that she brought us were extremely European looking. And so, you know, because it's on the border with Russia and lots of Russian people live there for a long time, they built a lot of like uh churches and uh, their synagogues and all kinds of things from Europe. And so, as a European, you, when you went to Harbin, did you find the architecture was more similar to that back of back home?
1: Yeah, of course. I think I noticed the same things that you have noticed. Uh, it's pretty much different as a city. You know, everyone was asking me if I was Russian. So yeah, they they (laughs) might have like a lot of Russians there and maybe there is also some universities. So that might also Mm. be the reason why. Actually in Jamusun, there is also a university or maybe two, I don't don't know how many universities there are in Jamusun. And so people were also asking me if I was Russian, but with the difference that in Harbin, there are like, Russians in in Jameson, It's not it's not like you're going to meet a foreigner in Jammu. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah Now you mentioned uh, going to other cities including Suzhou, Hangzhou uh, and Xi'an uh, a lot of those have very Old traditional chinese architecture uh, More so than shanghai and beijing. So, um, what was your did do you are you a big fan of the uh, ancient chinese architecture as well?
1: Yeah, of course, but you know more than like I like more Yunnan than, I don't know, would Yeah, you know. it's beautiful. It's full of nature. Uh, I like it. I like it more. And also because, you know, China is big. It has... Yes, it has one culture, but at the same time, I would say that it has different cultures. Yeah. Because there are, you know, from people like that have different customs, different, mm-hmm. you know, also different languages if we want to talk about this. You know,
0: I find that actually I notice what you're talking about. This is kind of something I've been thinking about and gestating over a long time. Because I have noticed personally living in China that Chinese people like to emphasize the homogeneity of China. Oh, we Chinese people do this. We Chinese people like to eat it this way. This is part of Chinese culture. But the more I travel around China, the more I realize that there are differences in the way that Chinese culture is expressed. So let me give you one example. Um, In here in Beijing, I went to a Chinese New Year dinner and they have a fish on the table. Right. And the fish is supposed to face to the oldest or most important person at the table. So this is like an honorary, kind of respectful thing. So it usually points at the, at the head of the table towards the oldest or, or most senior person at the banquet. But when I went to Shandong and it was Chinese New Year, they were setting the table, and I noticed the fish was not pointing at the oldest person at the table. So I readjusted it, and people were like, no, 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 no. Here the fish points to the north. It's not a huge thing. Thing to Chinese people. And it's not like I'm saying that Chinese culture is, you know, completely different in different places, but there are subtle differences from one region to the next, where it's not just one gigantic monolithic single culture. There's a lot of nuance between different places. If we can go back to Yunnan for a moment, what are some of the things about Yunnan that really stood out to you and made you appreciate that uh, more than some of the other places that you got to visit?
1: Ah, okay. I think it's, beautiful because it's like full of mountains full of nature and the people are also i think different they dress differently um yeah and also you have so many things to do like for example i remember we paid for one day with an agency that brought us to i don't know go in you know to the sea and then we went you know we had a bike and we were riding this bike and there was the sea was beautiful and then we also went to another place like in the same day where we went to a mountain and they made us uh you know riding a horse uh some yeah and then we went on a boat on a lake Mm. so like you have so many different you know landscapes you have the lake you have the sea you have the mountains Mm. and everything looks so colorful like full of color i think it is um and so beautiful it's i don't know i Mm. went in may so it wasn't like august it wasn't that hot Mm. And I think it was it was like perfect, especially
0: Lijiang. Lijiang. Yeah. Uh, so is that one of these ancient towns where it looks like a more of a, like a traditional Chinese uh, village from hundreds of years ago? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's what I, I hear this from a lot of people that Yunnan is beautiful because it has a lot of traditional Chinese culture. And, you know, I, I think a lot of us foreigners who come to China, one of the things that stands out to us is the, uh, the historical architecture of China. China. You know, maybe the reason one of the reasons I'm I'm guessing that you like Shanghai so much. Firstly, you have the super city, but then the Bund is all these traditional European looking buildings. Do you like the Bund?
1: Yeah, of course, I like it. I always go there to just take a stroll. You know, it's not like I have to do anything there, but I just take the metro and I go there and I enjoy, you know, the, the view and everything. But, you know, I like Shanghai because I think it's a good, you know, place to develop yourself, develop your skills because because there are so many people that know how to do so many different things. So I think it's a good spot, like a good hub to mm-hmm. to develop your personal skills, of course. Um, of course, because it's beautiful. Of, of course, mm-hmm. it's because mm-hmm. it gives you a lot of opportunities. you none. It's just a place, you know, to travel. Uh, but it's not like a place where you say, okay, I want to stay here because, yeah, <laughs> I want to develop my career here.
0: Well, we're coming to the end of our time, but I want to ask you a couple questions about your channel. So you're a YouTuber. And we can find you at at Alesha Donzello. So what kind of video, for the people who don't know your channel yet, my fans who might be looking for you, what kind of videos do you make? What kind of content can they look forward to in the coming weeks and months?
1: So basically, I talk about languages, how I learn languages. And sometimes I also talk about languages that I'm interested in, like I was saying before Arabic. Um, In the past, I have talked Mm -hmm. about how I learned Chinese in eight months. Uh, Last video was about how, like what to do if you can understand English but you know you cannot speak it then I will give you some suggestions uh in the last video that I made uh so I think it's you know about languages and also about living abroad
0: great yeah. fantastic thank you so much for your time and joining us thank you listeners thank you uh Alesha. have a lovely I'm not sure what time it is there is it the morning
1: yeah yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's uh, 10 in the morning <laughs>
0: have a lovely morning thank you so much for your time
1: thank you bye-bye
0: bye-bye Oh